Welcome to Hookah Chat's bonus content, a sophisticated discussion between two gentlemen. Please enjoy. I uh, I have a lot of thoughts about Book of Boba Fett. Um, I you think do. you and I I think you and I are going to disagree a little bit, but I have okay. I have a lot of thoughts. Is I've never I've never watched a show that has filled me with such mixed feelings like the way <laughs> Book of Boba Fett has. Like I'm usually pretty cut and dry on shows. Like I either really like them or and and, and we'll for a lot of different reasons, and we'll talk about that, or I don't like them, and then therefore don't watch the show. Right. Or the third option is I have, you know, things You're about him that I like. Yeah. You know, I'm ambivalent. Like, like I, maybe I didn't like the ending, like uh, WandaVision. I thought WandaVision yeah. was great. Didn't really like the ending. Right. You know, um, but this show, Book of Boba Fett, I've never watched a show where I, I'm like, I have no idea how I feel about this show. Well, like, you know why? why? You're experiencing the same struggle that I was experiencing because you want to like it. I do want to like you it. You want to like it. You know, you're you're excited for it. You are anticipating and you want to like it. And I wanted to like it, too. And I'm not to the point where I, I could say I don't like it. It's just not at all what I expected. And sure. I don't mean that in a good way. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to see Boba Fett be um, Clint Eastwood and, you mm. know, a mm-hmm. fistful of dollars that's what i wanted to see that's what i expected to see i wanted to see like a, a kind of you know science fiction western where sure. this guy's going around kicking ass and taking names and being a fucking bounty hunter because that's what he was in like my mythology since i was a little kid right sure. like boba fett was like the most badass bounty hunter and now he's getting his ass kicked by like sand people i'm like right fuck is going on <laughs> please your reflection on the book of boba but now i've only seen the first two episodes i think there's a third one out there now, is a I third one I, I have seen the third one i uh, yet seen it so i'll how about i tell you what i'm not bothered by bring it i am not i'm actually not bothered by the intimate vulnerable picture of boba fett mm-hmm. the the reason why i'm not bothered by it is i i assumed that because this show was about him that we were going to get something like that like i assumed i was like of i will most likely there's going to be moments where we're going to see who boba fett is as a character in a way that we've never seen him before because boba fett's always just been the silent you know kind of villain that right like, like i get it and so like i came in expecting something like that and and by and large all of this sort of ways in which Boba Fett is presented as vulnerable have not bothered me. Um, not really, not really. Like I get it. I, I accept it as a part of, of a show with Boba Fett's name in it. I accept right. that. Like, I'm like, yes. Okay. So like Boba Fett sleeps in a back to tank. All right. Not my favorite thing, but like, I accept that. It makes sense. He's old as dirt. He's old as dirt. Boba Fett. Um, but I, I, I'll get to that. So like, <laughs> there's another thought I have, but I'll get to that. Um, I don't hate another thing that I'm not bothered by is the political element of the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not bothered by the fact that because he becomes a crime Lord, 
now he is also sort of a politician. That doesn't bother me. I, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with the Godfather element. That's sort of what I'm saying. Like I'm all right with that. Like like that's fine. Sure. I you know uh, put a pin in that. But okay, I'll put a pin in that. Like like <laughs> I, is it is it my favorite way it's been executed? Not always. You know I don't always like the way it's executed. I think Boba Fett should just be blasting people's heads off their off of their shoulders. But like, <laughs> but like, I also wrap my brain around like honorable Boba Fett, who like, sure. in order to consolidate power, offers mercy and forces loyalty. Like, like, I wrap my brain around that too. Like, that's fine. Um, so I'm not bothered by those things. I'm also not bothered by the Tuscan Raider B plot. I'm not bothered by it. The reason why I'm not bothered by it is because it provides context for A, it's consistent. That's one reason I'm not bothered by it. It's a consistent plot that doesn't change tones. Right. The A plot changes tones every five minutes. And I hate right. that. Like I cannot <laughs> stand that. That's something I can't stand about the show. But the B plot, the Tuscan Raider past B plot, pretty much the same tone. It's consistent. I'm okay with Boba Fett um, being nursed back to health by the Tuscans, being taught how to be a Tuscan. Like, like that doesn't bother me. I, I don't hate it. I think it's relatively compelling. I think it helps explain how Boba Fett arrives where he does, you know, in the Mandalorian show, why he carries a gaffy stick, you know, like, like oh. that's all fine. I think that is okay and good. Um, those are the things that I'm not bothered by. Other people on Twitter, like the Twitter discourse around that, everybody is bothered by those things. And those are the <laughs> things that I am not bothered by. Like, those are the things that I'm ultimately okay with. Or like, yeah. folks, people are bothered by it when Boba Fett shouldn't smile. I'm like, guys, we're going to get an intimate picture of Boba Fett. He, <laughs> we're going to see him without his helmet on. He's not a, he's not Mando. So like, right. like that's got to be okay. I'm fine with that. The, the stuff that that I do not like is how bizarre the tone is. The tone of this show is right. totally weird. Like, I don't understand going from a comedy to like this, you know, kind of weird jokester, you know, like, like thing into political drama into, um, you know, kind of, kind of the huts and the wild west. Like, I don't, I don't like that. Like, like, tell me a story, like keep it, keep it one tone at, or two at the very least. Right. The B plot is allowed to have its own tone and, and the A plot's allowed to have its own tone. Don't like, I don't like, I don't like Boba Fett being, let me try it again. Like I, I like Boba Fett being the, the politician and the crime boss. What I don't like is people walking into Boba Fett's palace being like, sup sup yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what you, shoot him you know right like, like, fucking murder that guy you know right. like like i don't like that at all like i'm okay with somebody doing that once you know <laughs> and then and then boba fett shoots his knees out and it's like yeah. sup you know what the fuck are you talking about yeah like like i don't like i don't like when they meet bumbling bureaucrats like like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff breaks the tone it feels weird like i'm okay with boba fett showing who he is as a person like i'm okay with boba fett like in in the third episode which you should watch because the third episode's fine oh, oh i have to wait for my daughter to get home that's very 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 good the tone of the third episode is totally bizarre but there are parts in that episode that like i don't hate he boba fett gets a rancor in episode three and boba yeah. fett fucking loves that thing 
Booth, it's like, I yeah. love it, you know, like, like he, <laughs> and, and like he wants to bond with it. It's like, you're like my buddy now, like, like, fine, cool, whatever. That doesn't bother yeah. me. Like, like, that's all fine. It would be really weird if the Rancor like spoke English and like wore a top hat, and, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. walked around. But like, but like, there are moments in which this, that is not out of the realm of possibility for this show. Right. Like, why is the Rancor in a monocle? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> So that is my general reflection on the book of Boba Fett. What do you what What do you think? I think, uh, I, I I think that they did a better job personifying what Boba Fett was with Din Djarin in the Mandalorian. Sure. That's what I expected. Like when we saw, and we've also had the character exploration, and we got to see the soft side of Din. And all that stuff through the Mandalorian, but we did it over time, right? Yeah, yeah. The the first couple of episodes of the Mandalorian were just like this, this, for lack of a better term, monster of a mm-hmm. of a bounty hunter going in, kicking ass, taking names, and over the course of meeting the child and and having these other interactions with people like Cara Dune and people like uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Brief Karga, you know, yeah, yeah. there there's a dynamic there that allowed us to get a window into his character and his personality over time, mm-hmm. right? That I, I I liked better than what I've seen with the book of Boba Fett. Like, like Boba Fett should have, in my opinion, been Din Djarin, <laughs> right? Sure. Like, because because you. I, I understand the, the the concept of honor and the concept of like this this in in the, in the terms like you put it with with uh, with it being sort of like the Godfather, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's there's a code, there's an ethics, there's a there's a, a way that these crime bosses operate, right? But like on Tatooine, like the huts were the shit because they were they were more like you know the Corleone family than. Right than boba fett is right yeah. mm-hmm. and boba fett if he behaved more like michael corleone from the godfather i would appreciate the character more because i would believe that he was he's this kind of sketchy villain slash anti-hero slash whatever um but i i think they're trying to make him almost too good of a good guy sure and that sort of thing with the the Tuscans and the exposition with him and uh, what's her name? The uh, Fennec Fennec. Shand. Yeah. Like the, the, the sort of, the sort of um, openness and freewheelingness of it uh, isn't just reserved for like those people. He kind of treats everyone like that. And like, that's not how I would have expected Bobo, Bobo Fett to, to act, you know, like I would have expected him to shoot first and ask questions later. The fact that he doesn't do that is fine as long as you take the time to explain how that progression occurred. Because for a guy that had like four lines in the original trilogy mm-hmm. to suddenly be this fully realized, fully developed, compassionate, moralistic, ethical person that's for that that if you if he was all those things he wouldn't be a crime boss 
right, right? right he wouldn't be like like if he was all if he didn't have this like this element of of selfishness or this 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 element of, of violence or discompassion he yeah, wouldn't yeah. make it as a he wouldn't make it as a crime lord no one would respect him or want to be with him now the thing that he did with the the uh the pig guys um, yeah i can't think of the 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 gore something or others yeah but the the uh i understand like doing something like that in Mm. in terms like a a, a mafioso saying okay i this is how i'm going to earn their respect and their loyalty like that totally makes sense to me but like when the mayor's um when the mayor's servant or whatever that that mm. Twi'lek guy comes in and he starts like cocking off and making all these smart ass remarks like why didn't you shoot that motherfucker in the yeah, face like the face. that yeah. would have that would have been like a trip straight to the rancor pit if it was job of the hut and nobody would have fucking dared to come in there and said that so it, it kind of takes away some of the uh the the authority and the mystique that sure. boba fett i thought had because like you don't let somebody get away. Like Michael Corleone would let you get away with that shit. You right. know, <laughs> like that. I think you're you right. You don't come in and act like that. You, you, you know where the fuck you are. You're in, you're in ex job of the Hutt's house, man. Like right. job of the Hutt was a bad motherfucker. And now I'm on, on the top where Jabba was. So that means that I'm even more of a bad motherfucker. You don't come in and like act like that. You know, I you're going to get your knees blown out or worse, you know? Yeah. That, yeah. And, 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 and I think that I think that because maybe it uh, they're trying to appeal to younger audiences. Like I, I watched the show with my six year old daughter because she likes sure, Star. Sure. You know, so you can't be like, you know, torturing and murdering people like they would in The Godfather, right? right, <laughs> like, right so right. I get I get that, but like I feel like they they're trying to um, person personify him as as like this respectable hero, which he's not supposed supposed to be he was a bounty hunter he worked for the empire like he he was not he was morally ambiguous at best you know that's the point of like the bounty hunter it's not it's not that i care what's right or wrong i care about and who's going to pay that paycheck at the end of the day and i think that was one of the things that they did really well with the mandalorian because it started out that way and there was an event with the child that changed the way that Din Djarin did his business. And I think Boba Fett needed that too. I just don't think the Tusken Raider thing is in any way as compelling or as natural feeling as as like Din Djarin's arc with the child was. I think you're right. Like, because I think you're right. like whenever he's rescued from the Starlack pit, he comes out and he gets all of his, you know, armor stripped from the from the Jawas. Uh, you know, and he's left to die in the desert. Like when they, when the Tuscans pick him up, first of all, I'm not sure why the Tuscans would have picked him up. They don't seem to be like the type of people that like normally take prisoners, right? Like they, mm. they just probably would have either left them there or murdered them. That's mm. the way that they've always been portrayed. And I, and I'm, but I think they're really going with like this Native American kind of motif. Yeah, yeah, that's the motif, they're, right? Right. Yeah, they're trying mm. to, they're trying to that that angle, and I'm, and I'm okay with that too. But mm-hmm. like for a guy that's already fully realized and fully and in, in terms of Boba Fett, the character for a guy that's already got like a, a reputation, a guy that's already got uh, an established 
um, established occupation and he's known galaxy wide as being like, I mean, his dad was the, the, the generator of all the clones from the giant, right. from the clone wars, which affected the entire fucking galaxy. This isn't a nobody who's laying in the desert, right? Right. For him to like go through this arc where he kind of develops sort of a compassionate relationship with his captors seems completely out of character. It seems like he would have been like his mission would have been to get away from the Tuscans, kill every one of them for even daring to like imprison him and tie him up and drag him behind a panther. And and then like get back to kicking ass and taking names. That would have been his motivation. I can't understand how, you know, the compassion leaked in there. And the, like now he's like all he's got this like Native American uh philosophy going on and he he makes his what are those sticks called he makes his own yeah, the gaffy thing. stick yeah he, he earns all this reputation in a relatively short amount of time from like a group of people that don't really bring new people in i mean they're they're natives to tatooine and tatooine's been invaded by all these other people and they're and that's a very good analogy for like how the native american struggle happens in the united states but the the implication with this is that like like these natives are accepting him in. Well, the natives didn't accept people in. Like we took it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the people in Tatooine, they didn't uh, like integrate with the 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 sand people. They fucking took it, right? right. And there was a lot of struggle there. And uh, you know, we we got one movie with Kevin Costner that makes it look like you know everybody <laughs> everybody's going to get along and sing kumbaya feel right. bad for this and it's just like maybe Kevin Costner might have done that but i doubt Boba Fett would have had the same kind of fucking open mindedness you know <laughs> yeah yeah well and, and i think i agree with you i think um <laughs> if maybe maybe the maybe the problem is that things are moving too fast because like I think i'd be it. okay i'd be okay with Boba Fett being the character he is as a crime boss if we spent more time and front-loaded the Tusken Raider stuff. Right. Because I think that's clear. I think that's that's ultimately the, the point. The reason why we do these two stories at the same time is so that we have an understanding of why Boba Fett arrives at, at the kind of character sure. he's at. Sure. Well, I, I actually think it would be more helpful if if we had that story right away. Like, like if we if we spent I understand it's supposed to be like six episodes. I see no reason why the first three episodes can't just be this. Right. You know, like, you know, what? I, yeah, I think I think could have worked. Why don't you give us the first three episodes before Boba goes into the Sarlacc pit and just show us like him being an empire you know, bounty hunter. Show us why he's so badass. Show us why, sure. like he he has this reputation. Give us three episodes of that, and then let us go down this character development. Right. Uh, this 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 reawakening, this whatever you want to call it, this transformation, character wise. But like, it's just a, it's sort of assumed that like Boba Fett's this badass, and we don't really know why. I mean, we know it from four lines of dialogue right yeah we know four lines of dialogue. if they would have if they would have if they would have done three episodes maybe before he went into the sarlacc pit and then gone with this i could i could absorb it a little better that's why i think like the 
the the thing with the Mandalorian works so well because their first couple episodes, he was just out there doing his bounty hunter thing. So we get to see mm-hmm. him in that way. And mm-hmm. then he transforms into what he's become in now season three. And we can watch that. We can watch that happen over time. Whereas it's kind of just thrown at us with the, with the book of Boba Fett right at the beginning. And it's like, well, I'm not sure I'm ready to accept this guy as like a hero yet. Yeah. Yeah. I do think your instinct is correct on the audience that Disney has in mind for the show, you know, right. like, like Boba Fett. Um, we, we don't just want to present an anti-hero, you know, right. in, in the fullest possible way. Like even Mando's not that way. You know, even Mando is not, even before the, the, um, the child, even before baby Yoda, Mando isn't presented as cruel. No, you know, and that's okay. I'm not saying you should be, but, no, Boba but he's Fett presented is cool. as no fucking nonsense. Yeah. He's no I nonsense. Mean, you know, you're right. But, but the character of Boba Fett is cruel. He's a cruel, right. he disintegrates people. Yeah. You know, like, like maybe, maybe only if he gets paid to do it, but he's, he's open to it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, like he has no, he doesn't stay up at night worrying about who he zapped that day. You know? Yeah. You know? And so like, for me, I, I'm okay with a, with a, a, a version of the Boba Fett character that really leans heavily into that actor. Right. Like, cause, right. Uh, cause I think he's a good actor. I, I, I think it's hard to present that for, for that guy you know, that guy is well loved. Like it's tough. It's tough for that actor to then like create a Boba Fett character that, that leans on this sort of bad cruelty, you know, right. Like, like or stuff like that. So I'm okay with that. I really am. And, and honestly, and I really mean this, like, honestly, like if the show had, and the show doesn't have a ton of action in it, but if the show had no action, but it was just a very compelling character study, right. you know, in, in terms of a, you know, a la the Godfather great you know like like that's all fine like like if fennec is the only one that ever shoots somebody like that that to me is really on point like boba fett i don't have to shoot anybody right i i i think i think the thing that the tone is really what frustrates me if the tone was consistent the whole way through i wouldn't nearly be as frustrated with the way boba fett's character is presented i I would be more patient because i imagine that once the storylines converge well, things will make more sense you know and i think that's fine but like if the tone wasn't so fucking weird all the time like like <laughs> right. like if if like a random bureaucrat didn't come in who just looks like a he just looks like a bureaucrat but he's got the tentacles and, right. and i'm like who what uh, I, what is going i am boba fett mm, well you have to schedule an yeah. appointment what the hell why why even yeah. say that like like, like <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense why say that if Boba Fett's not just going to shoot that guy in the face? Right. You know, right. Um, if if that element was taken away and it was just a consistent tone the whole way through, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, like, yeah. like why isn't Boba Fett disintegrating anybody? He doesn't have to. Like, the, here's my last thought on that, because then I want to hear about what you're watching. The <laughs> I think I think the, the reason why the tone thing frustrates me the most is because it already conflicts with the tone of the end of the second season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, you yeah. know the shot where Boba Fett comes in and fucking murders Bib Fortuna, just just yeah. murders him dead. <laughs> like, 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 guys, like, like, why, why have such a radical change in in what is ultimately the a contemporary of the A plot story? Right. You know, like, like, 
as far as I know, the book of Boba Fett begins two days after he murders Bib Fortuna dead. Like, like as far as <laughs> I know, could have been that same day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have murdered Bib Fortuna. That motherfucker is very dead. Anyway, bring in the bureaucrat, you know? Like, like, yeah. like I just, it's just weird. And, and so, like, I don't need it to be the exact same. Let me rephrase that. I do need it to be the same tone. It doesn't, I don't need more murder. Right. It doesn't have to be more murder. I'm, I'm open to it, but it doesn't have to be. I just need it to be the same tone. Right. I need, I need when Boba Fett and Fennec walk if through the streets of Mos Eisley. If there's a way that you're going to, if, if you're going to command respect through violence, then mm-hmm. that level of respect or that level of command, whether the violence exists or not on screen, is not the important part. The respect, the, uh, the authority, the, the charisma, that yes. needs to be consistent. And it's not. You're right. You're right. So that's my that's that's my thought. I'm going to finish the show because I'm watching. Oh, Macbeth. I'm, I'm not going to stop watching it. I mean, <laughs> sure. But, but I'm I'm hoping that it that it's satisfying. I'm hoping that right. in the end I go, OK, you know, like, like that's not it's not what I picked. It's not was wouldn't have been my first way of thinking it through. But uh, hey, man, at the end of the day, every time every time Boba Fett walks through Moss Espa in his full get up. I yeah. still, I still get giddy. I'm still you can't, like, oh, you can't here help we but go. smile. You know? <laughs> here we go, Sky. It's, it's something's gonna go down, and almost nothing ever goes down. But I don't care. <laughs> I've been conditioned. I'm like, yeah, here we go, murder a man. Well, and like I said, man, he's got that kind of Clint Eastwood swagger. He's got the, he's got the like Clint Eastwood was wearing the shawl and the yeah, yeah. You know, he's got the whole he's got the whole look. That's what he was designed to be. So you know, be that. You know, I can't see, I can't see uh, the. The man with no name, mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood characters, uh, Clint Eastwood's character, like s- standing there and letting some Twi'lek mouth off to him. And because that's the thing, if you're not going to have him shoot him, just don't have the scene. Right. You know, that's OK. Just don't have the scene, you know, like, like yeah. but if you are going to have, have the, him mouth off or have him. the Gamoran guards, I think that's what they're called. The, the pig Gamoran, guys. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Rip, their, just, rip that guy's arms off. You just know? beat the shit out of the guy. Like tie his fucking tentacles into a bow or something, and yeah. while Boba Fett sits there and like eats M and M's and watches it, that would have been fine too. You know? I agree. I completely <laughs> agree. Oh gosh. So what have you been watching? Well, you had suggested that I, I was lamenting that there was nothing on. Mm-hmm. Um, I found the show Yellowstone and 1883, yeah. which are both very very good. Uh, I like those sort of Western stories. So I've been watching. 1883 started watching Yellowstone. I enjoy that. But the one that I was excited to tell you about, because you had mentioned you should watch Castle. And I was like, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll watch Castle. And uh I got on to, to Hulu and like the first thing that popped up was the dark side of the rank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is on Hulu. It is on and Hulu. And I was like, hmm. So I, I started watching that in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Uh so I had watched the 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 one on the Montreal screw job and we were talking mm-hmm. about it before, but now I've watched like all of them through episode one and two and halfway through episode or uh, not episode season mm-hmm, one right. and two. And now I'm halfway through season three and it's fucking fascinating. Isn't it a great show. <laughs> what a it cool so show. Good. And I it, like, I can't believe that. Well, I mean, let's understand 
the the show is called the dark side of the ring there's not going to be any like fluffy stories in it right there's right. not going to be any like portrayals of people like like vince mcmahon is a fucking monster like how, how, has, how does this guy have the empire that he has but when he's such a bastard all the time and how can he let a show like this go down and portray him that way maybe it just adds to his mystique as like the the boss that he the the evil boss that he wants you know i'm sure it's all i'm sure vince is getting paid some way from it but like so many fascinating stories heartbreaking stories terrible stories but it's called the dark side of the ring right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what's the thing with with the the episode with chris benoit and i was like oh my god i mean and then there was another one with uh nick gage yeah nick gage that guy's a fucking psycho that guy's a fucking fucking insane like it's they're insane like some of these people the the stuff that they do unbelievable i can't even imagine like wanting to do any of that stuff it's just yeah. such a it's just such a compelling and exciting watch yeah to, and and this, this is coming from a guy who's only passively enjoyed wrestling uh i watched it in the attitude era when i was sure. in college on monday nights you know yeah it was fine that way but like it's so much deeper than that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so i i that's the show that i landed on that's was, awesome I'm excited. Yeah, That's great. I really, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's, it's a well-made show. It's um, and you're right. Like it's it's very fascinating. But it's uh, uh, more than that. Like like you get a real sense of the way, particularly when Jim Cornette is on when they when they're yeah. interviewing Jim Cornette, yeah. you get a real sense of the way. Um, it's it's serious. This is dead serious. You know, like yeah. this isn't this isn't clown college. You right. know, and so like Jim Cornette will. Uh, sometimes he'll, you know, I don't like to use the fake word. I don't like to use the F word fake to describe pro wrestling either, but Jim Cornette right. hates it. Jim. And, and there's an episode where they're like, why don't you like to call it fake? And he's like, cause there's nothing fake about it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know, it's scripted, it's rigged, but, but guys, there's nothing fake about this. You know, like right. people are getting killed. Um, the Nick Gage episode, I have not watched the Nick Gage episode the whole way through. Cause it's hard for me to get through. It's a tough um, one to watch. I mean, it, it was yeah. hyper violent hyper violent like i've seen some nick gage matches yeah and uh they're tough to get through um nick gage wrestled chris jericho on aew a few months back like months yeah. and months ago and uh it was a real match it was a real hardcore match like it was a typical nick gage kind of match and uh uh nick gage takes a pizza cutter to jericho's face yeah you know, like, yeah. like he does. Like, I think John Moxley talks about that. Yeah. Where he's, he's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. He's getting excited, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and, and people, the response to that match was so visceral from, from folks, from like people watching it, that like Domino's Pizza like ripped, like pulled their sponsorship of AEW. Yeah. They were like, we do not condone this, you know, because it's a pizza yeah. cutter, you know. And, and yeah. I'm like, Jesus, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> It's nuts. I think that the saddest episode, the Chris Benoit episode always makes me sad because it's, it's horrific and tragic and terrible, but I, but I've loved Chris Benoit, you know, he's awful. Like, like he's, he's a murderer. He's a great kid was awful, but like, and I'm not in any way trying to like stick up for a a man who murders his, his wife and child. That's like the pinnacle of evil, but like, 
I didn't know that he had the relationship that he had with like Eddie Guerrero. And I didn't right. know that there were like factors involved. I just, you know, the story we got was road or Roy rage. Right. Right. And I right. Just thought, well, here's another, you know, fucking loser who couldn't handle his shit. And, but like, I think that without, without condoning it and without, um, endorsing it in any way i think the show really kind of humanized him a little bit so we yeah we can kind of understand what the guy was going through and how you know what a dark place he had come to and how he got there yeah you know yeah from a guy who was considered one of the best in the business one of the best of all time he was an, uh, you know an outstanding athlete and performer and he'd gone all over the world and worked with some of the best in the business and how how does the guy do that well uh, okay now I understand it. I, I don't agree with it or condone it, but like, mm -hmm. I, I get it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that other than Benoit, I think this easily the saddest episode is the Owen Hart episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's, whew. that's, that's a, well, that was an accident though. Yeah. You know, like when you, when you put yourself into the positions that these guys do on a weekly basis or daily basis, mm -hmm. tragedy is going to strike at some point, you know? Sure. And oh, for it to happen to a guy like Owen Hart is, is good and pure and, and wholesome and honest and hardworking as he was makes it even more heart wrenching, but it would have been just as bad if Nick Gage had fallen off the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Him, I agree. You know, that would mm -hmm. like, like shit like that's going to happen because it was, I mean, because it was an accident. Now, was there negligence involved? They bring all that stuff up too. Sure, mm -hmm. probably, but that's not not an easy one to watch. The one that had the most impact on me, or one of the one of the ones that had the most impact on me, was uh, was is it David David Smith? I can't uh, remember the wrestler's name. British Bulldog was Davy Boy Smith. Are no, you no, no. Of, did you watch the Pegasus Kid episode? Is that Maybe. the one you're thinking of? I'm thinking of the one, the guy that slapped the reporter. Oh, oh, David Schultz. Oh, yeah, David yeah. Schultz. That's yeah, it. David yeah, Schultz. yeah. Dr. D. David Schultz. Yeah. I feel bad for David Schultz because, like, that reporter, even in his interview, however many years later, was such a fucking rat bastard. Yeah, what a turd. Like, I wanted to hit him too. <laughs> like, yep. I, I would send David Schultz like $5 just to like help him <laughs> with his family, you yeah, know, yeah. like, because that guy basically ruined his career. The, the, the reporter shows up and is, it was like watching, did you, you've seen the movie Die Hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where the reporter comes up and he's like, he's like exploiting the situation that's going on. And then like at the end, he comes up and then like Bruce Willis's wife socks him in the mouth. And mm -hmm. like, he was that sort of reporter, that kind of guy that was just there to kind of fucking ruin it for everybody. It was, it's right. one thing, it's one thing to like try to get a straight story and to do an expose. But like when you're deliberately trying to wreck something, just, just to wreck it just yeah. to wreck it you know and i think that's what jim Cornette was so upset with, with with the guy about because like he talked about kayfabe and then the reporter was talking about how well it's dishonest fuck you and your morals you know <laughs> you, you. your fake moral superiority that's you know dishonest. you don't go to you don't go to broadway and like yell at them because like fucking wicked isn't real you know what the hell right. is wrong with you and right. and these guys are trying to make a living and they're trying and they've got 
an aesthetic. And if you did any kind of actual reporting, you would understand a little bit of the culture and you would understand a little bit of the circumstances that they're under and what they have to deal with and what they try to present in their performances, you know, and you wouldn't ask somebody, you know, is it real? And then when the guy pops you up the side of the head and says, does that feel, was that real? <laughs> you know, yeah, stand back up like? and go for it again. I'm glad you got your fucking block knocked off and I'm pissed off that he got paid a settlement. Like it, there's no yeah. way. And then he even made the remark that like he had hearing damage or whatever, because he got slapped in the ear. And it's like, right. first of all, you can't take a fucking punch, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and second of all, and second of all, uh, the pain went away as soon as your money came in. That's what he said. And I'm like, you're a right. fucking turd. Fuck what you. A turd. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and I, I have no time for that as well. That that's a that's one of those episodes where I, you know, there there are Dark Side of the Ring episodes where, um, you're firmly on the side of pro wrestling, where you're like, yeah. this is actually back off you know like yeah. like the they're doing their best here you know and, and david schultz i agree with you david schultz yeah. uh david schultz did the right thing as yeah. far as i was concerned he, like as a pro did, wrestling he did fan what he was told to do and that's and the he also thing did what he was told to do because mm -hmm. because he was told to go out there and not break character he was told right. that by Vin, vince mcmahon don't break character and like he didn't like stab the guy in the throat like he no. didn't like really hurt him you know, no. I mean, is it assault? Yeah. But like at a certain point, you're asking for it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what he wanted. That's the other yeah. thing. That's that's what the yeah. reporter wanted. I yeah. what, 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 what did you think was going to happen on national television? David Schultz would wink and be like, no, nah, this is all a fucking real work. Yeah. No, like like he's but you're right. That's the other thing. Like if you would have actually done any research, like why Dr. D. David Schultz? Don't go after David Schultz. Because <laughs> guys, 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 somebody's gonna ass. pop you, it's gonna be yeah. him. Like, like you, you go talk to the good guy. Go talk to right. the good guy. Good guy's not gonna smack you. Like, David Schultz is a bad guy. He's he's gonna he's gonna beat the shit out of you. Like, like there are there are so many, you know. And I love those kinds of wrestling stories where back in the awesome his career, and that's so yeah, unfortunate no... because he was just doing his job and doing it well, doing it right. well. Right, know? exactly. Like, and you it, you're can't right, ask a guy to be a better villain than that, and. Mm -hmm. And he cost him his career, and that fucking sucks. That does suck. Then he became you're, you're a bounty hunter. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, that is true. I forgot he does. That's how that story ends. He becomes the bounty hunter. Yeah, I I think that um, I I mean some of my favorite pro wrestling stories are from the seventies and eighties, where these guys these guys just absolutely refuse to break character, and like and it doesn't matter. Harley Race is pulled over by the cops. And and absolutely refuses to stop being Harley Race, yeah. you know, just this badass motherfucker. And the cops are like, stand down, stand down. He's like, Fuck no, you know. And and he can't. Like, what's he gonna do? He's yeah. Harley Race. You got to keep the work going. Oh man, no, the Dark Side just, of the Ring is good. It's just amazing, like the the lengths that these guys will go to. And for, I mean, scripted, yes, but for anybody after watching that anybody to call it fake you're insane you're out of your mind like these guys are some of the most elite athletes you'll ever see the the and, and the dedication and the relatively mm -hmm. small amount like i thought they made a lot more money than they did yeah not you know, really like like brett hart said he signed a, a like the biggest contract with the wwf or wwe i don't remember if it changed by then he signed the biggest contract in their history and it was like for two and a half million dollars over 10 years right that's nothing compared to like 
what I would have I would expected them to make a lot more money than that. Right. You know? And in, in WCW they did because Ted Turner. That's how Ted Turner bought so many right. folks, right? Like right. just, well, just Ted, all this money. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, I would have, have expected, like for a guy like Nick Gage to do what he does. He shouldn't have to be robbing fucking banks. That's all I, I can say. You know, like that's crazy. Yeah. And to do it for 30 people in somebody's backyard, like yeah, the level of dedication and the like Harley Race staying in character when he's being arrested, like that right. takes fucking dedication and commitment that you will rarely find in any occupation, let alone. So I have a lot of respect for those guys. That's it's pretty impressive. It is impressive. It is impressive. No, I think you're right. I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't, you haven't watched the, have you watched the Jake Roberts episode yet? I think that's the next one. I won't reveal too much about it. That is a difficult episode to get through that. That's yeah. a great episode. It's very sad. Yeah. It's but, called, um, uh, under, under the living under what, what was his dad's name Gri- grizzly smith yeah. yeah in the shadow of grizzly smith that's the next one i have queued up yeah to it, watch it's, it it's a good Maybe episode it. it's very sad um yeah i i think i think the dark side of the ring the dark side of the ring is great because i think it shows um all the things you're saying you know what yeah. we're talking about is who, who are the villains in pro wrestling? Well, the villains in pro wrestling are who we always knew the villains were. They're, they're the promoters. Right. The, they're right. they're the, the people with money that, that don't ever have to worry about sacrificing themselves. And they, and they you know, have no qualms about exploiting others. Exactly. Like, like the episode where uh, Bruiser Brody got murdered. Isn't that the yeah. same thing? Like, you yeah. know, promoter in Puerto Rico murders him, yep. you know, and that's just it. Like nobody has to worry about it. Uh, and, oh shit! You know it's Bruiser Brody. He's dead. He's dead. You know, I I think uh, I think that the Benoit episode, the Benoit episode, shows that too. Like yeah. I don't think anybody can finish the Chris Benoit double episode and come to the conclusion that if Chris Benoit would have made better choices, yeah. like like I mean, sure, maybe maybe if he just decided not to be a pro wrestler back when he was fifteen, then yeah, maybe maybe that would have right. happened. But no, what happened was. Because of the way the, the 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 systemic aspects of the business and the promoters do things, he was told, you know, yeah. flying headbutt. That's the only way yeah. people are going to believe that you being a little guy can make this work, which is just bizarre. Chris Benoit looks like a fucking bear. Yeah, you know, he, he he looks <laughs> like he can rip bears' arms off. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> But right. but he's apparently a small guy. There's a clip in that in that episode, the beginning of the episode, where Jericho's talking about him. Chris Jericho's talking yeah. about him, and he's like, "Yeah, Chris and I, we we wrestled once in Japan, and uh, and you know we toured the house. That was just great. And I've never, I've, I, what did he say? He's like, I've never wrestled somebody who made it look so real, right? Um, and and there's this clip of of Jericho like like chopping Benoit in this chest. And then and then Benoit just just winding up and just striking Jericho right in the fucking skull. And, and Jericho's like, holy shit. <laughs> and like like falls over. He's like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? I'm like, yeah, fucking Chris Benoit. It, it is, it's gonna it's kill pretty, it's, it's pretty incredible too, because we know like we know that they're uh 
we know that the matches are scripted and whatnot, but like there's a lot of unscripted shit that happens. Like people lose their tempers, they start really duking it out. Like there's a what the the one where Nick Gage was wrestling with like David Arquette. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. What <laughs> David Arquette made like the worst decision of his life, thinking <laughs> that he was like, if you think it's fake and you step in the ring with Nick Gage, you're gonna find out how yeah, fucking real it is. It's not good. It's and just not like good. beat the shit out of him for like 15 minutes. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> God, the new Jack one. Have you watched the new Jack yes, episode? Yeah. That's another one that you're just like, yeah. that's the only episode I've watched where I'm like, that guy's a fucking monster. Needs to be yeah. needs to be tossed the fuck out of everything. Like, <laughs> like what a piece of shit. No, I, I the Ultimate Warrior one is another one that made me yeah. laugh a ton. I don't know if you've got to watch. Yeah, I just the finished one. the Ultimate Warrior one. God, J- Jim Ross is so fucking hilarious in that episode. <laughs> you know, you would think that somebody should teach warrior how to wrestle <laughs> i think but no distrucity distrucity some people out in tv land might be asking what the fuck is distrucity <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> really good really good compelling stuff and something that i would i would advocate for anybody to watch um, yeah. even if you're not a wrestling fan or you don't think that you would enjoy wrestling or even if you don't watch it on a regular basis i don't um it's just really good uh really informative really compelling stuff and it's a good watch so you know you might you might be <laughs> you might be one of those people that thinks that it's all fake and doesn't interest you if you watch this, it'll interest you. It's pretty It's pretty well done. It's definitely cool. No, I think you're right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're watching that. That's yeah. uh, that's that's solid. I, I, I love that show, and I love the – there's some really great work on the, the on some of the indie wrestlers on YouTube that's sort of in the same vein. Like right. like that that Nick Gage got an episode is, is incredible, you know, because yeah. Nick Gage is – Dude's still wrestling. Like you can, yeah. you can pay, you can pay fifteen dollars for a front row seat to watch Nick Gage wrestle. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if I'd want to sit in the front row to Nick Gage. Oh, man, he's scary. He's, he's a scary <laughs> son of a bitch. The uh, a wrestling like a guy who does wrestling content on YouTube that I really like. His name's Brian Zane. Brian Zane did this review of of not a Nick Gage match, but just some match, and um, the the one guy gets a concussion in the match. And when he kind of comes out, he, he he has this like far away look, like you know he's clearly not all the way there, right? Yeah. And uh, and Brian Zane's like, "Whoo, man, he's got a this guy's got a Nick Gage look. It's really fucking scary, <laughs> you know, because Nick Gage always has that kind of, you know, he's kind of yeah. like gazing off that, into that the thousand void. yard stare, right? <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god. No, well, I think stuff. I think if I was at front row at a Nick Gage show, I would be like, please do not jump off of the roof onto those <laughs> onto those, uh, you know, lights, uh, yeah. the freaking uh, fluorescent, uh, tubes. fluorescent tubes for for lights and like nails and shit and barbed wire. Please don't do that. Like, I'll give you another fifteen dollars. Don't jump off of there. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't kill it. yourself. Like, I can't. Don't I can't do that. I don't want to watch that. I can't yeah. watch it. I can't watch it. I know what you mean, man. It's crazy. Well, that's good. I, I'm going to sign us off. This has been good. Okay. good. Friends, thanks for listening. This has been a bonus episode of what the, what the hell is a pastor? God damn it. Of, <laughs> of hookah chats with Matt and Ethan. We will see you next time.